Welcome, my love, to The Collective. The Collective is you, it is me, it is every woman. Raising the vibration of the fucking planet as we show up, step up, and serve the purpose we were put here for. My name is Taylor Ray. I am the queen of blending the woo with the work, and I'm going to show you how to do just that. I'm an entrepreneur, podcaster, speaker, and spiritual business mentor, and I help visionary women just like you build online businesses so they can have the impact they are here for and call in the abundance they are so worthy of. Get ready to become unapologetic, abundant, and aligned as fuck because the universe has put you here in divine timing and you're exactly where you're meant to be. What is up, love? Welcome back to The Collective Podcast, where today I am sitting down with the incredible Lacey Seitz. Lacey is a business mentor and success coach for high-performing women entrepreneurs. She has her master's in mental health counseling as well as her MBA. She's been a therapist and the director of a large nonprofit, and she's now the proud owner of two successful online businesses. This girl does it all. She is so freaking impressive, and she literally manages it all so incredibly, which is very in line with the name of her podcast cast called Literally. Having grown her own business to the multiple six-figure mark in less than 16 months, Lacey has made it her mission to help other women build and grow their own service-based business that truly lights them up and gives them the personal and financial freedom, as well as the impact they have always desired. I love this chat with Lacey. Lacey and I are very aligned in our journeys as entrepreneurs, what we were doing prior, the way that we were feeling, how we made it into the entrepreneurial world, and a lot of our values as online coaches as well. It's all very in alignment and it's such a good conversation where we cover off everything from what it really means to have a lit up life and have true happiness in your life. We cover off tools for recognizing and releasing perfectionism as an entrepreneur. We talk about the importance of trusting what feels good, even if other people and outside sources might say otherwise. We talk about how to grow your team in an aligned way that complements your strengths and your zone of genius. And we talk about things in a way that you probably haven't heard before. We touch on how to create a business model that is in alignment with you and unique ways to scale, as well as giving yourself permission to trust what feels good there, even if it is against the norm of what the industry normally does. And we also cover off how to grow your online reach and manage content creation across multiple platforms, which is a question I get so much. So I'm very excited to share today's interview with you. I know that you are going to get a lot out of it. And as always, as you are listening, please do screenshot your favorite parts of the episode and tag me in your Instagram stories at Tayray official so that I know you are enjoying it, that you're getting a lot out of it. And so that I can send you some love over in the DMs. Now let's get into the episode. Gorgeous Lacey, welcome to the collective podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm equally excited to be here and happy to have this conversation. It's definitely going to be a good chat. I can feel it. And the first question that I want to just like dive right on in there because it's such a part of your branding and your messaging and I love it um, is obviously the idea of living a lit up life. To me, this is everything. I think it's amazing and I really want your take on it and what it means to actually live a lit up life. Totally. Yeah, so um, I had kind of like the dream job at a young age like everyone would kind of say to me like oh my god like how did you get this job so young like you're so lucky all of this stuff right um and I remember all the time driving to work and I remember just like looking around at other people in their cars and being like 
does everyone else feel like I do? Like, is this all there is? Like, is this what the dream job is supposed to feel like? Is this what all of this is supposed to feel like? And I would just like watch other people in their cars and be like, is this just me or do they feel like that too? (laughs) Right? Like, is this all there is? Um, And so basically like my version of a lit up life now is just like never asking myself that freaking question again, like not being like, this can't be all there is, but being like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is, you know, what's here. And I can't believe this is the experience. And like feeling like lit up by the things you're doing instead of like almost feeling like you're harboring like this secret shame of like, shouldn't I feel different or better about this? Like, it's just like so miraculous to not be in that place. I love that. I resonate a lot with your journey and your story. And I want us to go there and talk about that because honestly, like even you saying that, I'm like, Oh God, I remember that. Like I remember I was working in corporate and I literally the same thing for me. It was on the train (laughs) driving in and going into the city every single day and just looking at everyone else and feeling looking at other people too and just feeling that sense of like you can just feel the energy it's almost like miserable like everyone's just kind of like going in and they're like yep this is all that there is and that's fine but I was like hi like I'm not fine with that like is anybody else feeling and you feel almost like frantic so I actually really understand that and I feel like a lot of people probably really resonate with that so where were you when that was happening like what was the dream job that you had Yeah, so I was uh, the director for a large nonprofit. We did, you know, amazing work. We had um, a lot of impact. We had a $45 million a year budget. Like, there were so many things about that that were so great and seemed so, like, the dream from, like, the outside looking in in terms of, like, oh, my gosh, your job must feel so impactful. Like, you have so much, like, uh, we had a lot of funding for nonprofits. A lot of other nonprofits were like, oh my God, you're so lucky. Like there was just so much there that people were like, you should feel so lucky. I had a team of like 35 people under, like, I just was in this place where like from the outside, it seemed like, like, why can't you be grateful? Or like, why can't you feel better about this kind of thing? Yeah. So understand that. And then how did you combat that? Cause that, that guilt around gratitude, like that is so it's like polarizing those two things. Like obviously one is the antidote to the other. So then you're like, okay, well I should be feeling grateful. And I'm, I'm all about like making sure people don't should on themselves. But obviously if you are in that sort of state at the time, it can feel really hard to remove yourself out of that. So what did that look like for you? You know, all these people being like, you should be feeling very grateful. Like you've got this amazing job. Like how did you make the decision like okay as good as this is it isn't for me and then make that jump into entrepreneurship yeah I like wish that I could kind of like own that a little bit more than I can but it was like sort of like you know how like the universe will keep giving you signs and then if you like keep ignoring them it will just get more intense until it kind of like hits you over the head with a frying pan kind of thing right yes 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 definitely (laughs) so basically right it's like I wish I could be like oh I just totally took ownership and stepped out of it but that's like not what happened at all um mostly I just felt that internally and didn't vocalize it to people because I felt like you were saying like I really did feel ashamed and guilty like like there must be something wrong with me that I can't feel better right now so I kind of just hit it for a long time but you know, secretly I kept wishing and hoping for like an opportunity that like would make this feel different or whatever. And of course, like the universe dropped all these breadcrumbs that I, you know, ignored (laughs) until um, basically I had a huge ethical disagreement with the chair of our board of directors. And I just left out of nowhere one day. Mm. Like it was like so intense that I like couldn't 
stay. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just one of those moments where I was just like, okay, so I'm done. I'm leaving. And I kind of remember driving home that day and being like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> this how did this happen? Like, I kind of just got exactly what I wanted, but I kind of didn't exactly what I wanted you know what I mean yeah a hundred percent and I feel like you and absolutely then, um, nailed it with um what you were saying about like the universe just dropping you breadcrumbs and then like it's kind of like I always say it's like you know like a feather and then it's a brick and then it's a fucking Mack truck just like hits you in the face and sometimes <laughs> the situation literally just like it's like okay well if you're not gonna do it based on all the signs that we've been giving you let we'll just do it we'll take care of it for you don't even worry about it and that's exactly what happened for you Oh my gosh, for sure. And then like, here's the funniest part, right? So even after all that happened, I still was applying to other jobs. Like I was like, okay, well, I'll just get another job, mm. which is hysterical, right? Like I basically got hit with a Mack truck and was like, nah, it's fine. I'll apply to other jobs. <laughs> and I had like so many qualifications at that point. I had two master's degrees. I was running a huge business. I could not get a jo- even a job interview anywhere. Wow. And then finally, finally, after being like, okay, now this is ridiculous. Like I can't even get an interview. Like this is really a sign. I finally acted on it but it just took me so dang long to get there yeah that's honestly though divine timing man like seriously like it all works out exactly as it was meant to so what was it like for you then stepping you know into the entrepreneurship world was it straight into coaching or did you do something else first what did that look like I actually did something else first so um I had a lot of free time on my hands then as you can imagine when I left my job and (laughs) so um my grandmother loves to do like vintage shopping and so I was like just going around with her and then one day I was like oh my god this is a business like I should be like doing something with all this amazing stuff we're finding and so I started like a vintage new and used clothing resale business and I did that for probably about a year and actually made really really good money doing it but I kind of got to the point where I was like I either have to like substantially scale this or I have to admit to myself, this actually isn't the thing. This was just a bridge. And like right at that time is when I found coaching. Oh my gosh. You're like a regular Sophia Amoroso, like from Nasty Gal, (laughs) just out there like thrift shopping, (laughs) building out like all your beautiful clothes. Exactly the same. (laughs) Yep. Just with like a side of grandma helping you out. (laughs) So good. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. And then, so you evolved into obviously then doing coaching and who is it that you help now in your coaching? Yep, exactly. So I kind of realized at that point, like, um, the two things that I love the most, like, so I have an MBA and then I have a master's in mental health counseling. I realized like, oh my gosh, like coaching is where both of those come together. And so the people that I help right now are women that are like high performing, high achieving, and are really just like looking to figure out how to make an impact and income online. I think the thing that's like really interesting about that population is like transitioning to entrepreneurship is really, really hard for them. And it it was me too, because we're used to kind of following the exact plan and doing things Mm -hmm. perfectly and following the syllabus and doing things the perfect way. And so when you switch to entrepreneurship and like the name of the game is like, do it imperfectly and all of that stuff, it can really mess with you. But I basically like help those women to harness that as a strength, not a weakness and make more money online. 
Love that. Love that. So here for it. And so much of what you say speaks to me. And I feel like we're very aligned with our journeys, like even into entrepreneurship and what that was like and what we were doing prior. And something you mentioned there was like the, you know, the do it imperfect. And, you know, that's yeah. something that resonates a lot with me. And I know it does with you as well. Um, even just having like gone through your website and had a look at that. And, you know, you say that you are a recovering perfectionism, a re yeah. or, sorry, a recovering perfectionist. And I'd love to know, you know, what are some of the tools that you've implemented in order to release that perfectionism? Because like you say, like entrepreneurship, like it's, it's not a roadmap. Like there's going to be ups, downs, learning curves, like curveballs left, right and center. Like you've got to adapt to that. And so someone who, you know, was a high achiever and perfectionism was something that you probably really strive towards. How did you let yeah. go of some of those tendencies? Oh my gosh. Like I was so bad. Like just to paint the picture for a second, like when I was getting my master's in mental health counseling, I remember one professor would like, wouldn't respond to my questions. And I thought I was going to get a B in his class. And I literally remember like sending out five psychotic emails to like the Dean and everyone else. I remember crying on my bathroom floor, like shaking because I was going to get a B like oh, it oh was gosh. I feel you so, so bad. Like, so I have had to do a fuck ton of work. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel you so much. <laughs> uh, to get past that. But yeah. Isn't it nuts what we put ourselves through? Mental. Honestly, like I'm just going to like share a little insight to Tay in grade 10 at school. I literally got like a B on a section of a test yeah. for physics and stopped doing physics. <laughs> Because I was like, well, that's not good. I'm just going to do the things that I know that I'm really good at. And I literally switched <laughs> subjects. So totally understand. Totally understand. Oh, my God. I love that you just shared that because that's so applicable to business, right? Where, like, we do something for, like, you know, 15 days or something and it doesn't work out perfectly. And then we're like, nope, switch the strategy. So, like, yeah, that's why perfectionism in business is like such a trap, mm. right? Yeah. So for me, like the work that I've done um, in terms of that is like, I am just so committed to a daily mindset practice and to looking at what thoughts really serve me. So um, something that I'm super committed to is solving the right problem. I talk to my clients about that constantly. And what I finally realized for me is that like with perfectionism, I was not solving the right problem. Like I was solving a completely and totally irrelevant problem. Mm. Um, and so my daily mindset work really helps provide me kind of that foundation of feeling like safe within myself so that I can go out and solve the right problem. I think what I found to be true is that when I was really caught up in that perfectionist stuff, I was trying to solve all of my like personal internal issues with external things. And the work I've really had to do is like, I solve the internal and then I make really strategic professional decisions. Does that make sense? Definitely. It's literally like the foundation of everything for me is <laughs> like, I'm all for me, the way that I like, I tackle everything is like a blend of like spirituality and strategy. So I'm like, you've got to create like the aligned spiritual foundation first and then build all of the strategy on top of it. So like everything that you're saying resonates so freaking much. I'd love to dive a little bit more into what that mindset work actually looks like yeah. and how you do identify what the right problem is to actually be solving. Totally. So for me, mindset work is about getting myself back to neutral. So um, what I mean by that is coming, if, if I'm coming to business or if I'm coming to a problem in business and I feel a tremendous amount of charge around it, 
I got to go do the mindset work first. So the mindset work is what gets me to neutral in the business. When I'm at neutral, I can make really good decisions really easily. Um, so in terms of like specific daily practice, for me right now, like in this season of my life, it obviously has evolved and changed a lot. But um, I do journaling every day. I am obsessed with the Think Up app. I listen to that every single day. And I just like really make sure to put positive things into my head every day, especially now with what's going on in the world. Like my job literally is to fill my head with good things. Um, Mm. I always say like mindset is my full-time job and business is my side hustle. Love that. (laughs) And I don't necessarily mean in terms of like actual time commitment, but I mean in terms of importance right yeah so true so 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 true so obviously the mindset side of things is so paramount to you and I love that and I'm exactly the same like for me it's you've got to set yourself up for success in the morning obviously from that mindset perspective on the side of morning routines is there anything else that you really turn to in order to really shift into that peak state in the morning The only thing that I would say, I'm like pretty flexible with when I do my mindset routine. I wouldn't say that I always do it in the morning, but the one kind of like morning non-negotiable for me is that I have time for myself before I dive into my day. And that time could literally be just like sitting on the couch and drinking a cup of coffee. It might even be like watching a show that I recorded the night before, or it might mean journaling and doing my mindset practice. But like, no matter what time I'm starting something, I'm getting up at least an hour or two earlier and having a quiet morning to myself because I find that like if I start the day in that energy and that vibe, the rest of the day carries on from that and or at the very least, like I have a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. But if I like jump right into something, like I feel flustered the rest of the day. Yeah, I totally understand that. And I'm exactly the same. I'm all, I literally wake up at like five in the morning and my like actual like getting into the crux of my business doesn't start until about eight. So there's like three hours of like solid time for Tay, just like looking after my mind, moving my body, like honoring my sacred morning rituals. Very, very important. And I think honestly, like I always notice like if I don't do those things and I'm like, no, it's good. Like I've just got to like get into my shit today. Like just get in there. It's honestly just never as productive. I come out the end of the day, not feeling like I've done as many things. And I feel like I've just been a bit scattered and I maybe feel a little bit more anxious. So I definitely agree with you that all of that is wildly important wildly important um i really 100 i love that you said moving your body too because i I actually um you know kind of being in a you know lockdown situation or whatever i was sort of like being lax on that because i'm so used to going to a gym and the other day i had such a bad day and i was like what is going on and i was like oh my god i haven't moved my body in like three or four days I went and did it and immediately like I was in an entirely different place. Like it's so interesting how that is. I so agree. So agree. The small, like we're the same. So obviously at the moment with everything going on, gyms, where gyms are closed, non-essential services are down. Um, So (laughs) for me this morning, it was a YouTube workout from home and I didn't do anything yesterday. And already like the comparison of my mornings, like, this morning I'm just like, yep, cool, like gung-ho, like so into it. Like I've gotten so much done and it's literally like 10.30 in the morning. Whereas yesterday I think this time I was just kind of like, I don't really know what's happening. Like I'm just all over the place. And it really just came down to like 
having that intentional movement in the morning because you know your body's made to move and ultimately when you do that you increase your endorphins and you raise your vibe and it's just like such a good way to start the day so yeah for me it's like such a non-negotiable so those youtube workouts from home at the moment at the moment are <laughs> literally saving my life <laughs> yes agree so so agree um so something that i do want to talk about and this really links in with the raising of, of your vibration and like feeling really feeling really good essentially, which like you just said, like mindset is absolutely everything. Like you said, mindset is your full-time job and business is your side hustle. And something that I love about you is that you refer to yourself as the happiest human that you know. Mm-hmm. Now, I really want to dive in and talk to about that because it is very easy, yeah. especially in the online world to look happy and like you're killing it, even if behind the scenes you are burning out. So what are the most important things to you in order to keep that level of happiness and how do you actually do it? Oh my gosh, that's so true. I so hear what you're saying, like in terms of like we can present a different front, so to speak. But for me, I think like it really has been tapping into what my true values are. And I feel like that can sound so cheesy, but like I really, and I think so many of us can identify with this, but like I built a life that I didn't mean to build, so to speak, right? Like meaning like I got two master's degrees because I was supposed to do that. I got the dream job because I was supposed to do that. I got married to someone that, you know, I was supposed to marry. Right. Mm. And then I went through this period of my life where literally all of that fell away. Like I left the job, I got the divorce, all of that stuff happened. And I just like made such a commitment to myself that like, I'm rebuilding this from a place of like actual decision from actually tapping into my values from actually being intentional about building a life that I want. And honestly, from that place of decision, all of that happiness came. Like, it wasn't not a hard journey. I don't know why I used to double negative there, but you get my point. It yeah. was a challenging journey. Um, but fundamentally, throughout it, like, even when I was going through the divorce, even when I was rebuilding things, even when I was, like, having to date again and do all of this stuff, right? Like, because I was making a decision that was so in alignment with, like, who I am and what I wanted, like, as hard as it was, it felt okay. It felt good. I felt happy through the process. And so that's what I've really found to be so true for me is like, I think I'm the happiest human I know because I'm just so massively intentional about getting really clear on what's important to me and making decisions in alignment with that. Yeah. I think like what you said there really rings true. And I love what you said about, you know, finding that alignment. And even if it feels challenging, you still feel good about it. Even if it's like a difficult process to be going through ultimately in your heart and in your gut and your intuitive guidance is telling you like, this is the correct thing for me. Um, I love that so much about, you know, the true value side of things and intentionally building your life is what you said. And for those that are maybe feel like they're sort of floating through a little bit or aren't really maybe creating, they're living a life that they ultimately am like, I want this to be so different, but don't really know how to start taking those steps. What are some of the things that they can do to get intentional and to get that clarity? And is that something that you continuously check back in on in order to keep that level of happiness? Oh my gosh, like literally every day. <laughs> I think that that tech ed is so valuable because like I spent like, you know, 30 years not asking myself that question of like, what do I really want here? Like, what do I most value? I just like did what I thought I was supposed to do. And honestly, I think to your point of like there being people in the online space who like present a certain front but are like really burned out on the back end, I think it's honestly for that exact same reason. I think they built the business they thought they were supposed to build. Mm-hmm. 
right? Like my business model is super different than anyone in the industry. And it's probably why I'm really happy because I just built a business model that I like, (laughs) right? Not one that I was supposed to build. And I had so many coaches, mentors that were lovely and amazing and well-meaning basically say like, no, you need to go in this direction. And I just kept doing that check-in of like, but what feels good to me? What feels true to me? Mm. Um, And I think it's just our responsibility to ask ourselves that literally every day if we can. (laughs) I love that. I honestly love that. And I really want to circle back just a little bit to what you were saying about building out your business the way that felt good to you. And Mm -hmm. I would love for you and no names or anything like that, but I would love for you to just give a picture of like maybe what the expectation is in the industry and then how the way you run things and how that's different and how that has really served you. Because I think it can get very easy in this space to think like, okay, well, there's like one way to do it because that's what everyone's doing. And people tend to fall into that and build their business on that place of should rather than checking in with what feels good. So I'd love to see like the comparison between those two things. For sure. Totally. I think that like a very like traditional model, let's say in our industry is like get one-on-one clients, build a group program, scale the group program, move to courses, do primarily courses, sell courses and products from there. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Some, some version of that, but you get my point. Yeah. And, um, I tried many, well, let's not say many, maybe like three or four times to launch and create and run a group program and like was successful at it. I think in my last group that I ran, we had like 48 people in there or something. I mean, it was like, we were doing really well. I just hated it. <laughs> like I did not enjoy group format. I didn't feel like my people were getting as a, as impactful of results. I'm really built for one-on-one. I love one-on-one. It's like my heart and my passion. And I just kept, kept getting pulled where like I was hearing a lot of like, you're going to have to give up one-on-one on some, at some point you're going to have to scale back one-on-one. One-on-one is not a scalable model, but it was like the thing that like literally lit me up. And it almost felt like being back in corporate in a sense where it was like, you can't do the thing that lights you up. You do the thing that you're supposed to do. So powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love this. And so what I ended up doing is I have built a one-on-one model and it is scalable. But like, let me be really honest. It took me longer to figure that out because I didn't have anyone to look to. It took me a lot longer to test and tweak that journey and that path and like, Quite sincerely, if I had gone the other way, I would probably be a multimillionaire at this point. And, you know, though my business makes a a very considerable amount of money, it's not that yet. But I am so, so, so happy in my daily work that I literally feel like a multimillionaire. Like it doesn't even matter. Do you know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. And I I just, I'm really glad that we went here because I think there are a lot who are listening who, and I've definitely had this conversation with clients as well. And I'm very big on like trusting what feels good to you and going in the direction with building out your business that feels good. But there's definitely exactly what you said in the industry where that is the norm. Um, and if that feels good, amazing, like, so go for it. But I just, I love that you've just illustrated an entirely different side where it's like, you get to choose, like you get to give yourself permission. And if doing one-on-one for the rest of your life is what feels really, really good to you, do that. Like do what fulfills mm-hmm. you because when you are the most fulfilled, you're going to show up massively for the people that are looking to you. And of course there's other ways to build out other, like expand your impact. And of course your income as well, but it doesn't mean you ever have to entirely get rid of it either. And I just love that you spoke about that in terms of just giving 
giving others the ability to give themselves permission because I think that that is really, really powerful. In terms of scaling that out and what that looks like, I really did want to talk about that inside of mm -hmm. your business because especially the way that you run things, it is different to the, to the norm of the industry. What does that look like yeah. for you in terms of scaling out that impact and your income? So basically the model that we have right now is that for our one-on-one, -on -one, we have a base rate and then everyone pays a revenue percentage on top of that. So it's 10% of new revenue that we generate in our work together. Um, I even have a mastermind that runs off the same model where it's a base rate and percentage. So everything we do has this percentage attached to it. And so basically like the more we help clients, the more money we make and it's super scalable. Like we've added over six figures of revenue in the last couple of years of doing it. Um, and it's also really cool because we had some, a lot of clients that were grandfathered in. So like when I started this, I had a lot of clients that continued with me that weren't part of that percentage. So even in having a lot of clients that were grandfathered in, just being able to see that percentage immediately and quickly scale our business by six figures with literally no extra work, just mm -hmm. like serving the clients I would be serving anyway and really showing up. Um, and the clients really love it too because they feel like I'm invested. Like they're not just paying and like, hopefully they get the results, but they feel like there's partnership and not where like, of course I'm like, you know, showing up as much as I possibly can. Like when they win, I win. And it's like a cool dynamic there, but it's also just scalable one-on-one -on -one in terms of like the more clients, um, you know, succeed, the more we make. And that feels so good to me. And so in alignment. Love that. I have never seen anything like that. And I think that that is an incredibly powerful model. And obviously the way that you're running it, like it serves you and it serves your clients. Cause that was going to be my next question is how do they respond to it? But you obviously already answered that. And I agree. <laughs> I think it's like, well, they would feel, you know, you're almost like an investor in their company. So yeah. I think that that's a really clever model and props to you for doing that. Cause like you said, there's, there's not many other people out there doing, not that I've seen anything like that. So I think that that's a really smart way. And I think you know, whether that feels those listening, whether that feels good to you or the more traditional model, like it's not about what's right or what's wrong. It's just about trusting totally. what feels good to you and building out a model that might be a fusion of both. Like you literally get to choose. And I think that that is the foundational message of this as well is like, just trust what feels good and build out a model that serves you and serves your audience and your clients as well. Um, yeah. And like one thing I just want to add to that, cause I think you're spot on, but like what my experience looked like, just like for other people, if you're finding that is like, I had to commit to what I wanted before the path showed up every okay. single time. So yes. like, right. Like, so with that, I had to be like, well, I'm committed to one-on-one -on -one either way because it has my heart. And then the idea showed up. Like, it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, I know how to scale one-on-one. -on -one, so I'll just do that. Like, it didn't look like that at all. And it honestly looked like months and months of walking that path before the idea showed up. And then it looked like a very long time of testing that idea then a very long time before it worked. And I'm not, I'm saying very long in a, in a dramatic way. I mean, like it was not that long, but like, <laughs> It takes time, but like commitment first and then the path appears, oh right? Gosh. Yes, 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 yes. I'm so glad that you said that. It's so, I live by this model, but I'm like, like, it's like, believe it and you will see it. A lot of people go the other way where oh. they're like, oh, I, I, when I, I'll believe it when I see it rather than yes. like, you'll see it when you believe it. And like, to me that I live my life by it. And there's been so many things that you just have to do in faith. And like with the knowing, and this comes back to the principles of manifesting is like, come on guys, like seriously, like believe it. And so it will be like, you've got to get that backing behind it. Even when there's not necessarily 
any level of like proof or anything <laughs> yet. Like you've just got to get behind it and know that the rest of the answers are going to come for you. And you do see it often where people, and this is, you know, if you're listening and you do struggle with this, like just hear this little message from me and Lacey where it's like, you know, you don't have to have every single thing mapped out, but you've just got to have that knowing in you that it is going to work out and take some sort of action. And then the next step will be presented to you. Like exactly what Lacey is saying, like with action comes clarity. So it is going to come, but you've just got to take that action and that knowing and like watch the pieces fall into place. So perfectly said. I love that. So true. So, so good. Um, Looking back on your journey, obviously there's been so many moments of success and you've just done so incredibly in terms of everything that you've built out. Looking back, I don't believe in failure or regret or anything like that or being like, oh, I definitely should have done that differently. But one lesson that you learned that you could share with others just to shortcut the journey, if there was one thing that was standout, what would that be for you? Oh, I love that. I think it would be almost exactly what we've been talking about, but basically like trust yourself, like trust what feels good. Trust what lights you up. Like when I back to that story of like, when I was looking around in the car and being like, is this all there is? Like I, I can look at that now and be like, dang, I should have trusted that knowing that that was not the place for me. And of course it all unfolded perfectly, but like you can just see in hindsight or when I was getting all that advice and launching those programs that I didn't want to be launching, like I can see in hindsight, like, I always freaking knew, or honestly, even when I was getting married, right? Like I knew, I knew, I knew. So what I've learned over time is that I can always trust myself. Like I've, my intuition has never led me wrong. Other people have, Mm -hmm. and that's not to say don't trust other people, but it's to say, trust yourself first and then get support that helps you trust yourself more. Not that tells you you're wrong, right? Oh, that is so good. That is such good advice. (laughs) I love that. And really backing yourself on that too. Like if it doesn't feel good, like even if the external is pointing to everything else, like you've got to stay with your internal and what actually feels good to you and then find that level of support around it powerful 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 um let's shift gears a little bit and one thing that i really commend you on is the way that you do show up online and you show up in all the places and you've got two shows going on and you're on facebook and you do lives and you've got a group that you manage (laughs) and instagram's going on like all of the things and something that a lot of listeners reach out about is creating a content calendar or a strategy to manage that and to kind of know where to show up or you know what like what's the right place to show up or should I be doing all the places or should I just be doing one like a lot of questions like that so I would love your take on this in terms of what your advice would be around creating that that content strategy I'm obsessed with this question. So I've been asked about content strategy a lot but I actually just am obsessed with how you ask this because that is like the perfect way to say it is like, it can look a certain way, but like, what's the actual strategy behind it kind of mm. thing, right? Like it can look like you're everywhere, but like, what are we actually doing here? Right. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so honestly, I really believe, and this is how I've built all of this is like in being very, very locked in on one thing before you move to another. So I've been in business for over four years now. We're coming up on five in July. Um, So we pretty much only added a platform a year. So like we started with just the Facebook group. Then we added lives. Then we added the happy thought show. Then we added um, literally, and just recently we've really gotten into Instagram. So 
sincerely, we've added like one platform a year. And I think that's really helpful for people to see because when you see someone else, it can look like, oh man, they must be successful because they have all that. And the truth for me has been that as I've gotten more success, I've been able to uh, resource and pay for the team to support me in having all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't the precursor. It was like what came after. That is so good. Thank you for sharing that and being so honest with that because you nailed it when you said like, you know, you can look at someone and think like, oh, they must be successful because they're in all of those places. But especially for those getting started or who are just new in business, like the first couple of years, like what I think a lot of us forget, and I'm first to put my hand up and say, I didn't think about this at the time when I was (laughs) comparing to everybody else, is that like there is a team helping those people and it has been built over time. They didn't just one day pop up and be showing up on eight different platforms every single day like it's intentional it's built over time and another thing that i think happens a lot is we might be following eight different people and those eight different people are each very in their strength on a certain platform so one of them's really good at linkedin and one of them's really good at instagram one of them's really good at their facebook group but because we take from each of them and we look at Mm. each of them we get in our head that everybody's everywhere because we're like but all of these platforms are where you need to be in order to kill it but when you actually zoom out and you look at people individually and you go, wait a sec, like they're actually really intentional in this one place or these two places, they're not everywhere either. And I think understanding that can be very powerful. And I love what you said about, you know, growing a platform a year and mastering that and building the community before you feel the need to expand and be in all the places all the time. Yeah, exactly. I think you're spot on with like seeing all of the strategies. Like what I have found to be true is that literally any of the strategies work. It's just like, how committed are you to that one? So it's like, why building out one a year is work? Because we went all in on that one. And so of course it works. But when you're new and you're trying to operate six platforms by yourself, you're not committed to any of them. And mostly you will feel like you're doing a lot of work for not a lot of return. Yeah. Nailed it. But right. If you can get locked in on that one and like, give it, yeah, give it a year, like, or whatever that ends up being for you, there's no right answer there, but like, give it the time to play out, give it a commitment. It will always give you a return. Yes. So good. And don't jump, (laughs) don't jump ship just because there's like another shiny object over there that somebody else is doing. And you're like, Oh, maybe I should be there. It's like, no, you picked, trust your intuition, stay there, keep showing up, build the community, stick to the time frame. And I love what you said is like, all the strategies work. And that is so freaking true. Like there's no right or wrong way. And people will be out there and they definitely will tell you that a certain way is the way to go because that's what they did and that's what their products are based on. So of course they're going to talk about that. And of course it does work, but it doesn't mean that the others don't. So it's really about finding where you feel good, where you can commit to, I think long-term as well is so important because I think it's really easy to be like, yeah, okay, cool. Like I can go live every single day on blah, 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 blah. But it's like, can you commit to that long-term? Like what, what actually feels good for that long-term, that longevity, that commitment, because that's going to be where you ultimately are going to get the results and reach the most people. Um, let's talk about the building out the team side of things. Cause obviously that's yeah. been something that's been monumental for you in terms of growing your reach and then showing up on all of those other platforms for people who are currently operating as a solopreneur, or maybe they've, you know, they're just looking to like branch out and take some people onto their teams. What are some of the steps that they can take to figure out their zone of genius and where they can be outsourcing? Oh, I love this question. Um, 
I love the team conversation because I think that it just doesn't happen enough in our industry. Like, I think that that's almost like a side conversation. And I think it's like such an important conversation in terms of growth, because to your point, like you just literally can't do it all. So there has to be some other lever that helps you lift this. And it really is team. Yeah. Um, in terms of a starting point, like here's a couple of things that I would say. I am really, really, really a big believer, and I did a lot of hiring and firing in the corporate world, in my positions there, and, you know, of course, in this online space and through supporting clients in it. And I have such a strong belief that you hire based on personality and fit, and you teach skill. Mm. I think that the online world kind of says the opposite in a lot of ways where it's like, who knows active campaign? Okay, cool. Can I hire you to do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like what I have found to be true is the people that have been on my team at this point for years with me weren't because they knew some certain skills because we had a really good relationship and we built skills into that. So, um, knowing like what your zone of genius is, like you were saying is really helpful because then you can hire the personality fit that fits that. So, uh, one of my clients is very, um, she just like doesn't, she wants, she like, doesn't like structure. She doesn't like systems. She's like very like fuck it kind of thing. <laughs> so we know that about her personality. So in hiring her team, we had to hire someone that was super type A because she's not at all. Mm. Like, so we totally hired based on personality. Like we were basically like, we're looking for the type A human who actually enjoys all this shit because she's never going to do it. <laughs> right. Mm, yeah. That's so, so um, true. Or like in my business, I hate like the operational aspect of like sorting the tech and all the steps. Like, I just want to be like, here's the vision. Here's the thing. Here's what I see. Let's roll. And so personality wise, like my COO is obsessed with like getting into the tech and looking at the exact systems and all of like the processes involved and whatever. So like personality wise, we were just a good match. So that's the first thing um, I would recommend in terms of like hiring your first team member is like, is it a match for what you're great at? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And I think as well, I love that you sort of gave the clarity to what that match looks like. Cause ultimately when you think of match, you think of like, Oh, like, you know, are we similar? But in the cases that you just spoke about, like ultimately oftentimes they're not like they're literally the opposite because they're complementing the skill sets that you might not necessarily bring to the forefront and then they can handle that element for you. So it's not something that you're, spending your time trying to figure out or forcing yourself to do when ultimately your time is spent better elsewhere. So I actually really, really do love that. And it's so true in terms of my team and how we've been building out as well as like, you know, I know what I'm good at and I know where I need to stay. And sometimes I get distracted in other things, but really remembering like, okay, the things I'm getting distracted in, like not my zone of genius. So how can I then go, okay, that's something that I need to give away. And that's something that I need to outsource and hire for. And I think as well, what you said there too is, you know, skill sets, they can be taught. And yes, you obviously want someone who you can bring in and have some element of the skill set, but you know, that can also be expanded on and grown over time. And you can literally like replicate yourself in terms of how you're showing up and the, the voice and all that sort of stuff like that can be taught, but obviously you want to have that um, that connection with the person that is going to be on your team that's going to literally play to their strengths, which will support you in yours. So that's really, really yeah. great. Awesome. Something that's interesting for me that just came up as you were saying that too is, um, and I almost like, I feel like I like forget this or block this out now, but um, my, my MBA was in leadership. So like I thought 
like I was going to be really good and I had managed large teams. So I thought when I came to like running my own business, I was going to be really good at that. But actually it went through like six BAs when I first started my business. Wow. Um, and like, I thought like finally by the time I came to the end of the sixth one, I was like, so it might be me. <laughs> like, like that's, that's a pretty high number. So like, it actually might be me this time. Mm. And it was that thing that we were talking about earlier, that perfectionist and control tendency. Like it was very hard for me to like stay in my zone and let someone else do what they were good at. Yes. But that's where the personality thing has been really helpful for me because it's like, I trust that they actually are good at that and want to be doing that. And I can like, trust handing that over in a different way if that makes sense where like before I was like no one will do this as good as me and now I'm like well Megan's way better than me at all of this so of course I'll give it to her yes oh my gosh that really resonates that level of trust is everything and Mm -hmm. I I'm first to say as well there's been big learning curves for me as I've been going and something that I have really just had to take ownership of is like my team is a reflection of me. So like if they're not necessarily operating the way that I would have desired them to, like how could I have shown up better? How could I have empowered them more? How could I have been clearer in my vision rather than going like, oh, that person sucks. Like, and that's their fault that they didn't show up the way that I needed them to. And oftentimes it really does come back to exactly what you're saying on that level of perfectionism and holding on to things because you think, well, the way I do it is the best way. No one can do it like me. Like that's been a lesson that I've really had to learn and to go okay like I trust you and look here you go have a go at it you might fuck it up that's fine we'll learn from it and we'll expand and grow from there together rather than being like look I've just got to handle it all and no one can do it the way I can and I've just got to hold on to that ownership because ultimately you're never going to expand the way that you need to with the support that you need to because you never really let anyone get close enough to be able to support you do you agree Oh my gosh. I actually feel like it's such a quotable what you just said, which is like your team is always a reflection of you. Mm, Yeah. Like I'm just going to start saying that to my clients now when they complain about our team or something. I'm going to just be like, well, you know, (laughs) Taylor said your team is always a reflection of you and she's got a point because it's so freaking true. Like that was so spot on. And I think nail on the head, like it starts with us as the leader. It's like when those six, I went through six VAs, I had to be like, yeah, it's probably me at this point. Like mm-hmm. you have to take that ownership at some point. Totally, totally. Look, like, let's be real. Like I, I retired my partner into the company and prior to this, he was a builder. So like, he was like, what do you mean? What's Microsoft Word? And now he handles like Facebook ads and like podcast editing and like all this stuff. But ultimately the things that I find the most irritating in the way that he operates is all the things about myself that I find annoying in the way that I operate. And he's learnt them all (laughs) from me (laughs) because I literally was like, okay, well, this is what we do. Like, and so he's modeled off that. So now if I ever find myself frustrated, like, you know, why haven't you done this this way? Or why isn't this being managed? You know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hang on, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. What did I not do that I could have done better? Like what would have been more empowering there? And just taking that ownership back. And I feel like ultimately that creates a very strong, team environment as well and it's good for those that you've already got and it's good for those coming on as well because it fosters a very strong sense of community inside of your own team amen i love that that is such wise advice (laughs) awesome speaking of wise advice if you've got one last piece of just a download something that's coming through something Mm. on your heart that you can leave our listeners with today in order to help them to step into all that they're worthy of the impact they're here for and the income they desire. What would it be? Oh, I love that. I think that what is feels like the most present for me right now and what has been true in terms of like that conversation that you were saying about like the happiest human, you know, is that like, you're always at choice 
about how you feel and how you think about things. And that's exactly what you're saying with team too, is like, you're at choice to be like, oh my gosh, everyone's against me. Why won't they do things how I want them to do? Or to be like, yeah, I created that and I get to change that if I want to. And so I think like that's the advice and I'm sure that's the advice you're preaching all day, every day, but it's just so good to hear again Mm -hmm. and to see it threaded throughout this whole conversation, which is like, it's always yours. You always get to decide. And sometimes that's really bad news because it means it's yours. And sometimes it's really good news because it means you get to change it. And I really think that like from that place of personal power and personal responsibility is where all of my happiness has been derived. Mm -hmm. I love that. What a beautiful way to end. And thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. And like you said, just so many beautiful threads throughout the entire thing that I know everybody's going to be able to take a lot from in their journeys. And I know that a lot are going to want to connect with you further beyond this episode. So where can they find you and hang out with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the best places to find me right now is on my podcast, which is called Literally, capital L-I-T. And what I do on my podcast is I do um, just a live recording of six months of coaching with one client. So it's really cool. It's really different. You get to watch someone's entire journey. And that is um, just a really good place to connect with me and get to know me. That is so cool. I'm definitely going to have a look at that. That's such a cool way to host a podcast. (laughs) What an amazing thing. It's really interesting. It's definitely like, um, it's definitely been different, but I am like so excited that we've done that. Yeah. So good. Props to you for just challenging the the norm in literally everything that you do. (laughs) So good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I'm an Enneagram 8, so I feel like it's kind of built in. (laughs) Oh, I'm surprised. I actually meant to ask you about that. I'm a 3, and from the way that you sort of like you described your whole story in the lead up, I feel like you probably got a lot of 3 tendencies in there of being the achiever, but obviously the 8 just keeps things things on their toes. (laughs) Totally. I think I I really wonder, I mean, this is like a whole side conversation, but like I sometimes wonder if it's shifted or if it's flipped as I've grown. Mm, Or maybe just a strong wing. (laughs) hiding in there exactly (laughs) no that's so good and then on social media where can they find you as well yeah so basically on like instagram facebook all of that my handle is at a lit up life and my facebook group is the lit up and loaded entrepreneur okay amazing we'll definitely link the podcast and all the social links as well in the show notes so it's super easy for them to come and find you but Lacey hun seriously enjoyed this conversation so much thank you so much for joining and sharing with us Likewise, you just have the best energy and it was, it was so fun to be here. So thank you. Thanks, hon. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me in today's episode. Because you're a part of the collective, I know you're a visionary woman ready for more. And I'm here to remind you that the world needs your light. If you love this episode or know somebody who would, please share it to your IG stories and tag me at TayRayOfficial. And if you want to show some love for the podcast, please head on over and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss all of the magic coming here soon. For more support, check out the episode show notes, my courses, services, and digital products by heading over to taylorray.com.au. Big love, babe. And until then, go and shine that beautiful light. The world is waiting for you.